And we are live for the 29th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, Luz, Luigi, and tonight I'm with Andrew. What's up, man? I'm with G. What's up? How you guys doing tonight? How you guys doing? Good. Coming off a sweep, so it can't be too bad. Uh, definitely a lot better than, than we were last week, right? Just it's Talk about a 180 and just the mood and... Just the vibes around all all things Yankees these last few games. Um, we're gonna dive into the the sweep that happened, the three game sweep, including the the home run derby that uh, happened Sunday. I mean, just, like you really you couldn't. I mean, after two kind of stressful games, the first two games in the series, that third game was just wow. It was just an absolute shit show for the for everyone involved except for the Yankees, right? I mean, you had you had the Orioles just. They had a, uh, I think one of their pitchers had two hits at, at the plate today. It was it was just one of those wanky wacky games. And hey, the Yankees, it's hey, they they I don't think they suck, guys. Right? Like I don't think the Yankees. I think they're actually going to be all right. But we're going to dive all into that. But let's just. I just wanted to plug the blog before we dove into the recaps. Uh, we've had a lot of good pieces coming out. We're going to have some as the season picks up. Have some more opinion pieces coming out. So make sure to uh, go check out the blog Bronx Bomber Ball. But guys, let's just let's get into these games. I mean, just for, first of all, first of all, let's just talk about how big that Thursday night game was. I mean, because look, let's 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 just remember. I know it seems like a long time ago. Most people are going to be listening to this on Monday. That game Thursday feels so long ago. Like, and the way it started, it started very bad. It's, it looked like we, we were about to head to two and five very quickly. I mean, that first inning with Paxton, just, you know, wild pitch, a balk, leadoff home run. I mean, it doesn't get much worse of a first inning, but this team just somehow just found a way. They got a big performance from Glaber, and they got that win Thursday, and that really propelled them through the weekend. So, so Andrew, what was your favorite part of this series? I'm just going to ask you right before we – completely dive into the three games. What was your favorite moment from this weekend? Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm torn. Obviously the biggest moment I think was, was Clint's home run last night, um, especially after uh, the, the bullpen mismanagement, which we'll get into, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, for, we'll for, for, for Clint, for Clint to, to bring the team back from, from the edge of defeat there, I think was big, but my favorite moment from the week is, is it's going to fly under the radar, but the Yankees are down, uh, what was it? I think like four one at the time, and, and Gary Sanchez hit a home run on Thursday. Seemed harmless at the time, you know, solo home run, whatnot. But that started the rally that ended up being, um, you know, the, the, the go ahead inning. I think he hit a solo home run to make it four two. Uh, Bird and LeMay who get singles before Glaber hit the the game winning home run. That mm-hmm. moment, uh, I think, you know, gets passed over. But that that started a lot of <laughs> the momentum for the whole weekend. Didn't the whole rally take place with two outs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, it did. It absolutely did. Uh, yeah. So let's just let's just go into that game. Or, Jeep, I, I didn't even ask you. What was your favorite moment from the weekend? Uh, I'm kind of torn between the the Glaber three run home run from Thursday and the Clint home run um, yesterday, and only because I, th- I feel like. They're kind of similar, but I think maybe I'll, I'll go with the Glaber home run because, like, 
I mean, like you said, they came out Thursday and it was looking like it was more of the same, right? You know, they were playing sloppy. They were down really early in the game. And um, that home run by Glaber, I feel like, just was like a huge watershed, like sigh of relief kind of moment. And they closed out that one. And then, you know, the Clint home run, you know, the bullpen stuff Saturday and Clint did the same sort of thing. So, but I'm going to go with that Glaber home run because I feel like it kind of just let them like take a deep breath and reset and remind themselves that the Orioles are supposed to be a pretty bad team this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, like, honestly, for me, it's easily the Glaber home run. Cause you know, first of all, that was obviously, I think each game, yeah, each game, someone on the Yankees had a multi-homer game, obviously Sunday, two guys had multi-homer games, but yeah, you know, Glaber gets up third inning, hits the home run to left, you know, puts us on the board. And then, you know, in that, that, that was really – like, I was so excited when Glaber hit it out and took, uh, gave us the lead in that 5-4 game because that really – that was a big – like, you you may look back in that and just say, wow, that was a big moment in the season. That really turned the Yankees around. You know, if the Yankees, let's say, obviously we're going to get into the Astros series, but if they went 2-3 or in Houston and, you know, really get on a roll, you're going to look back at that moment and say, wow, that was really big if, Labor doesn't come through there. Maybe they fall to two and five, and who know, you know who knows what happens from there. But yeah, I mean that was. I mean, when a team's struggling, especially offensively, like you just need somebody to step up and kind of say, "All right, guys, I got this." And the Yankees, the game Thursday and the game Saturday, they got that right. They got it from uh, Glaber Thursday. To kind of, like it wasn't all Glaber. Obviously, you know you had uh, the Thursday game. Voit hit a late home run. Gary hit a solo home run. But like. You know, Labor kind of got the offense started, right? He kind of provided most of the offense early, and then the, the rest of the guys followed suit. And Judge did the same thing Saturday with his two home runs. Well, you know, we're still going to talk about Thursday's game, but Judge the same thing Saturday. You know, two home runs, gets the Yankees that lead, and it didn't stay. But, you know, you need someone to initiate the offense a lot of the times in baseball, you know, and Glaber and Judge did a great job doing that Thursday. But another guy I want to give a lot of credit to, Thursday is James Paxton because mm-hmm. look, it's t- pretty tough to have like a worse first inning than he had in that game. Like he looked awful. I mean, just, you know, first batter home run. And then just to, you know, to balk in a run is just brutal. And then the, to, you know, to have a wild pitch for the third run, just, it, it was a, it was an awful start. And really people were just saying, well, here, you know, this, this game's over. Like this team's not going to score th- four runs like no way but you know he kept the yankees in that game i mean you know i think he gave up he gave up another run in the fifth but i mean he gave him five and a third four runs i mean when you when you have a bad day on the mound but you could still give your team five and a third and keep them in a game like that's a job well done like a lot of other pitchers in that spot are going to have a blow up inning it's going to be an eight nothing game in the third inning and you're dead but he kept them in that game nine strikeouts too yeah he had I got pitch going on uh, only two walks. We got uh, no Yeah, I don't got anything. Um, so yeah, let's go to uh, let's the uh, the bullpen on Thursday also did a very good job. Uh, it was Canley for an inning two thirds. People were a bit surprised he came out for that second inning, but he was very good. Um, then Britton and Chapman finished it off. Uh, the bullpen combined for a. Uh, Three and two thirds innings that night, shutout. So, you know, it, it was a it was a very good game. after a terrible first inning. It was a very good rest of the game for the Yanks. Um, the game Saturday, um, 
Yeah, so Aaron Judge, you know, he didn't have any home runs. It was, you know, um, I think one of our Andrew didn't one of our writers write an article about how Aaron Judge is about to break out for the this uh, weekend series. Yeah, maybe someone. Yeah. Uh, probably not important. Yeah, but no, seriously, we go go into that. How you know you were basically saying how you know Judge is just destined to break out, and then Saturday, long and behold, first two at bats, two home runs, both bombs to center too. Yeah, I, I'll tell you the the inspiration for me even thinking about a piece like that is I was watching uh, the post game interview on Thursday and mm-hmm. you know, they're asking a judge struck out four times in that game and he had a miserable game. So they were, uh, the reporters were asking in post game, like, you know, how does it feel to, you know, know that you struggle, but your teammates picked you up. Like what's going on. There was a question at the end. Um, I think it might've been uh, Brandon Cootie of NJ.com asked him like, yeah, what's going on? Um, like, how, how do you feel? And he said something that that really spoke to me. He said like, I'm seeing pitches that I know I should I should be doing damage with, and I'm not. I'm just missing it. But I feel locked in right now. Like you know, I feel good. Like I wasn't hitting well in spring. I still feel locked in now. Um, so I got to thinking, like, w- what's going on? So uh, dug into the stats Friday afternoon. Um, pulled up um, everything uh, on my piece. Um, credit to Fangraphs for all the stats. But I looked at, at batted ball stats, uh, specifically exit velocity batting average on balls in play and hard hit contact ratio. And I noticed that he had an abnormally high ground ball ratio. Just, he was in a bunch of ground ball singles up the middle and to the right side. Um, like, like his, his, his rocket single in his first about opening day, like that kind of thing. He was doing that a lot in the first homestand. Um, so his, his ground ball rate was, was high, but his hard hit contact was also really high and, and stuff like that tells me that he's, you know, obviously not hitting the ball 100% of the time. He's striking out a ton. But when he's making contact, he's making solid contact. And he's, you know, he's doing some damage. So all it takes is, you know, getting a little air under the ball and the home runs will come. And, and lo and behold, I mean, <laughs> I was out to dinner last night, um, Saturday night. And I, when I saw he had a home run in his first at bat, I, I just laughed. Like, I mean, I couldn't possibly have expected that I write this piece. And in the first at bat after he... Uh, after I post that, that he he goes deep and then backs up in a second. But uh, I, 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 the stats kind of just show that you know, he's still locked in. He's he's making hard contact, um, and the combination of his medium contact and hard contact, I think it was like over ninety percent. So like, in almost every single one of his bats, he's teeing the ball up. Um, so I think he's ready to, to continue this. I mean, they're going to go to Houston and they come back home. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you know he starts getting a nice home run tear here. Yeah, um, really, just it's funny, like, because you, you, it gets like after seven, eight games, you start to say, all right, well, you know, Judge hasn't hit a home run yet. What's going on? And for him to just hit two absolute bombs in his first two at bats, just to kind of, you know, just let people know that he, he's still the same Judge. But, you know, let's go more into that game Saturday. Um, Jay Hap started that game. He, you know, very, very forgettable performance, right? Four and a third, five hits, two runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Let up the home run to a Mancini, you know, really kind of need to get a, a, you'd like to get another inning out of half. You know, he really, he didn't even get out of the fifth inning. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big, the big thing about this, game, this was a very, uh, a, this was a very uh, like sloppy game. This was, wasn't a clean game. This wasn't, it was a very frustrating game towards the end. Um, so the, basically the situation was the Yankees were up three to two. Um, going into the bottom of the seventh. And Holder pitched the sixth, right? 
And he, he did a good job, right? Hold or he I think he pitched the fifth. Yeah, he pitched the fifth and the sixth. So he had an inning and two thirds, five outs under his belt, I believe around 30 pitches. And for for whatever reason, um, with Adam Ottavino warming up, Boone just decided to stick with Holder in the seventh inning and Holder um, hit a batter and then let up a base hit to put runners on the corners. And at that point, Aaron Boone brought um, Ottavino in and, you know, the Orioles both runs scored and very easily the Yankees should have lost that game. Now, thank God Clint Frazier comes up top of the eighth inning and hits a three run bomb with two outs and basically saves the day. But I mean, that was a, like, you know, we probably know we're like, you know, we're not, we're not the biggest Boone fans on this pod, but like, that really was one of those moves that it was like everyone was just in complete agreement. It wasn't even like an anti-Boone thing. It wasn't, you know, it was literally people saying, well, how is Holder out for this third inning? It, it was an inexplicable move. And I mean, it, the, like, I'll let you obviously I'll let uh, G talk about this after me, but I mean, the reason it was so inexplicable is because the previous day was an off day. You know, the whole bullpen has at least one day at rest, and he just was trying to stretch Holder for whatever reason. And uh, it, it just didn't make any sense to me. Just one of those just one of those boon moves. One of those boon moves. But, yeah, I, gee, what what do you think of our, our boy Aaron Bleeping Boone and his top-notch bullpen management Saturday night? Like, so I think in a general sense, we could recall, like, a – a bunch of instances where he's done this sort of thing, right? Like, and the Yankees, not even just for Aaron Boone, but for the last like handful of years, you know, going back with Joe Girardi, like they've had one of the better bullpens in baseball. Like, and this year, especially they have, you know, probably comfortably the best, like, I mean, he just does this thing, right? You, you know, you got what you got out of the holder. Who's not one of your best relievers. You got, you know, find work out of holder and he brings him back out with the guy warming up and he eventually brought that guy in. Like, I don't understand why he does these things other than to maybe be like, Oh, maybe I can try and, you know, save him the work. But like, he, you know, he didn't. And then he made, it's like, it's predictably right. He made more of a mess of the game and thankfully Clint, you know, hit the home run and they were able to pull it out, but it's just not like, it's not necessary. And I guess if I was going to try and spin this in sort of an optimistic way, I would be like, you know, he's bringing in out and like, you know, maybe he's worried about workload and these things. Like I think maybe once Dellen comes back and it's hopefully just like the eighth inning guy. Right. And you could be, then be able to deploy out or, you know, Britain or even whoever Canely like more liberally because you'll have someone like who can definitively lock down the eighth inning. But like, I think based on what we've seen so far this year, it's hard to really say that he's learned, right? He's fixed these mistakes because he keeps making the same mistakes. It's the same exact thing that we saw a handful of times last year. Yeah. For, for me, uh, I mean, I get your, your bullpen has two, guys at the back end who, who both pitched a Tarpley and Sessa, who you you, you kind of want to keep out of high leverage situations. But at the same time, I mean, is five outs not really not enough? If the guy cleaned up the mess that Hat made in the fifth, pitched a clean sixth inning, like that's usually more than you can ask for. I get um, Canley and Britton both through like 25 or more pitches on, on Thursday, but 
I mean, Katie Sharp posted an awesome stat. And, and I know, Luigi, you, you put a good tweet out that I'll acknowledge after this. But um, the stat on Holder is that um, it's Jonathan Holder career by pitch number, right? So pitches one through 25 in an appearance. Opposing uh, hitters have a 655 OPS and a 362 slugging percentage. Like, that's pretty good, right? That's decent. Pitches 26 to 50 increases to a 743 OPS and a 438 slugging percentage. So clearly the stats show that when he's on the wrong side of, uh, of when he's past 25 pitches, that he's starting to get tagged, that hitters are locked in. And he started that inning, I believe, 28 pitches. Um, so, so Luigi, you put out a great tweet right after Katie posted this that, um, like, oh, you know, there's this, this whole conspiracy on Twitter that there's these analytical nerds in the dugout controlling Boone that he's a puppet and he's like like if there's analytical nerds wouldn't they point right to that stat and tell him to get him the hell out of there like I, that is 100% on Boone for for not acknowledging the fact that the guy did his job and we talked about it last week on the pod like he does this he tries to steal outs and there's no need for that he got five outs he did his job get him out get the next guy in there you had Ottavino warmed up ready to go let's get this win yeah I mean just like the the crazy thing is it's the you had a day off the previous day so like everyone in the bullpen has at least one day of rest like even if guys like you know if you, even if you had a guy who had thrown 30 pitches on Thursday it's like you know you could still use him if you need him for an inning yeah but and, here's the thing know. like like Adovino would have thrown the same amount of pitches mm-hmm. that he threw in that appearance had he just started the inning clean because yeah. he doesn't come in with two men on base i mean he was lights out up until that point and he didn't even get hit hard he gave up a ground ball I believe he got a strikeout, and then he had a, a sack fly, which was a, a moderately hard-hit ball to the alpha that was mm-hmm. caught. Um, if he starts it in clean, I mean, it could just be one, two, three, 12 pitches, and he's out of there, and nothing changes. Yeah, not not bringing Adovino in that seventh inning was just – really, it was baffling. But, man, credit credit to Clint Frazier. Like, obviously, you know, his his big weekend started Saturday night, but you know he continued it into Sunday. But that that was just a really big home run for him, you know. Like he probably knows that he'll be back. I mean, if he keeps hitting home runs, he won't be back in AAA. But he probably knows that he'll be back in AAA, you know, the next month or so. Like he's got to you know make the most out of his time up here because you know if he keeps hitting the home runs, he keeps hitting getting timely hits. Like you know we we could use that bat in the lineup. Like he's dude's got serious potential, and really like. You talk about you talk about just like he saved Boone, you know. It's like he kind of just almost forgot about that, like you know that that screw up by Boone because it was like, all right, well, Clint, you know, three run homer, like we win the game, like whatever, you know, wins a win, like that's how you, that's really how you felt after that Saturday night game was just all right, a win's a win, like you know the the Yankees were very lucky to win that game, but shit, like <laughs> I, I, I'm. I'm not in the business of caring how we get wins, you know, if, as long as it's a win, like, especially, especially after a two and four start, you know, you can't be greedy with how you get wins. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit of a, I guess a process over results in, in some ways. Like, so if Boone's going to keep making mistakes like this, I'm going to be, yeah, really no, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Clint Frazier is like, <laughs> we heard a lot. You know, I think we've even made jokes about, like, you know, they talked about legendary bat speed, you know, and all yep. the times, like, since we – Like, his bat looks pretty damn fast. Absolutely. Like, so – and, I mean, the home run that he hit today, not to, you know, blitz the game recap, but, like, 
I mean, he just he went down to the bottom of the zone and just golfed it, and he just I mean, he's just on these balls right now. Absolutely. So let's let's go into Sunday's game. This was the uh, this was the home run derby. You know, we're, we're titling this, titling this episode like the Baltimore home run derby. I mean, really, the whole weekend was a home run derby. But I mean, man, Sunday the Yankees just absolutely exploded. Um, I first want to shout out to Domingo Herman before because I mean he I mean two through two starts this year. I mean he he's just looked phenomenal. I mean I think he was perfect through what four and a third today. And I think he had the no-no going through five and a third. I mean, he was just like – he was just on point. I mean, in the first start, he was shutting it down, but he was still walking about a good amount of guys. This start, six innings, only two walks, only two only two hits as well. So he was just – he's been on point. I mean, if he could – I mean, I know I, – you know, I think we all know he's probably not going to keep pitching like this, but, I mean, if he could just keep putting together, like, solid starts, I mean – Man, he's got a place in this rotation. He, he's he's got nasty stuff. His, his raw stuff is really, really yeah, real. I mean, he's like if this guy puts it. The guy I said before the show, like if this guy puts it together, he he almost reminds me of like Ubaldo Jimenez when Jimenez was like really good. Like that's what I see. Like his you know his ceiling being not obviously not the bad version of Ubaldo Jimenez, just that yeah. good version. That was an all star. But you know today, Herman got a bit got a bit overshadowed today. Yeah, um, I think people forgot about how he had a no-no into the six pretty quickly because the Yankees just decided to hit um, hit a home run in literally almost every inning. <laughs> I mean, it was it was incredible. I mean, obviously the <laughs> just El Gary. I mean, I I can't get over just how great of a game Gary had. Great of a weekend, really. But I mean, he. He entered the day right with like you know modest numbers, and now now he's he leads the AL in home runs with six, um, three home run day for Gary. Clint had a two home run day. Austin Romine went deep. Um, Glaber hit another one out. Um, am I forgetting anyone? Is that is that everyone right? Yeah, because three. Yeah, that that's got to be everyone. I, I just feel like with this many home runs that I'd be forgetting someone. But yeah, the Yankees win on Sunday to get the sweep, fifteen to three. They scored. They scored ten runs in the last three innings. Um, just, just really like an explosion on offense. I mean, it, it was a game they really needed because you feel like the first, even the Thursday and Saturday games, like both those games were pretty close games. You know, both those games, it was looking like we might not win both those games. The game Sunday was just cruise control the whole way. I mean, it, it was it was nice to have a game like that. We hadn't had a game like that in a while. Yeah, this is the kind of win that we were excited about all winter. Thinking about mm-hmm. like, oh, this team has so much offensive firepower. I think they have enough starting pitching. Like a game where you just get up early and just coast the rest of the way and just home run yep. derby. Like this is this is what we were so excited about. These are, are are the fun games where you just you just let your let your guard down. There's no stress. You just enjoy the ride. I um, I'm gonna make a comment on something that will probably be brought up since they hit all the home runs. Like. You know they hit they hit um, what was it eighteen runs consecutively oh. on home runs like oh, yeah um, the, so the Yankees scored eighteen straight runs via the home run and that was the longest streak since the Twins uh, scored knocked them twenty three straight from in August twenty thirteen so right yeah. well I mean so I mean some people some people will probably be like oh too many home runs or this and that but the thing that I'm not bothered by the fact that they scored the, all these runs by home runs is that they were all just like barreled. Like they were crushed. Like Gary 
the home run that Andrew mentioned on Thursday was an absolute line drive over the dead center field wall. And the first home run, at least, that he hit today was a line drive over the left field wall. Like, they were crushing these balls. So it's not like, you know, they were just like, you know, Yankee Stadium cheapies. They're getting lucky. They're sneaking out these wins. Like, they came through Baltimore this weekend and just crushed the ball all weekend. Right, right. And to, to go off that, I mean, you have the people who are like, oh, why can't they just get a single or a double with, with men on base? I mean, if they're not teed up the ball as well as they do, like maybe maybe Clint's home run last night is if he doesn't get, you know, the barrel on the ball, it's like a double on the gap. Like, is that, are people happy about that? Like, I, I get that they only score via home run, but I mean, isn't a home run better than a double in any scenario. I think so. So that's the trade-off. And if you look at it through that lens, I, I think it's, you know, you're, you're okay with the home runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, th- this really, it was funny. Cause like, obviously I was saying like, these guys are just swinging on the last part. I was saying these guys are just swinging for the fences. Like, what are they doing? And now th- this weekend, they, I mean, they were clearly swinging for the fences and it was worth, look, it's going to work a lot of times, but you know, when, you have that mentality all the times. And, you know, for example, we're obviously going to get into the Houston preview, but when you run into much better teams than the Oreos, like it's going to come back and bite you. I think we saw with against friggin' Matthew Boyd against the Tigers when, you know, we almost, what was that? Uh, was that the franchise record for strikeouts in nine? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there, we, we kind of saw the good side of swinging for the fan, the bad side, all, all in the span of four games. Right. So, but I mean, look, I want to talk about Gary. I mean, this is a guy that last year he had such a bad year, and he was, you know, a lot of people were down. A lot of people are down on. A lot of people are always down on Gary. I don't think that's news to any Yankee fan. But man, for him to just get off to this kind of start, because even before this big outburst today, you just like if you were to look at like all of the, uh, you know, all those like analytic like hard hit ball stats, Gary was at the top of like almost all of them like even but you know you you know he's only hitting like 220 with three home runs so it really wasn't translating but man it's damn sure translated on sunday i mean he yeah, was i mean let, let me chime in there i mean in, in the process of, of doing that that judge article that that i wrote on on friday um i was looking at hard hit contact and judge had a hard hit contact rate prior to saturday and sunday's game of 50 percent. the only person on the team with a higher mm-hmm. hard hit contact rate was gary at like 53.3 percent and Judge had a, a BAPID of, I think, like 0.583. Gary's was 0.133. That's, like, impossibly low. Like, that just shows yeah. how incredibly unlucky he's getting. But he's mm-hmm. teeing the ball up consistently. And, it, you know, you're going to get days like today. when like, eventually, if you're hitting the ball good, most of the bats, eventually you're going to get the results. Yeah, and another, and another thing, yeah, he was the DH today out. And Austin Roma was behind the plate. And it really, it's just... This is why for that uh, Wednesday game against the Tigers, we were just so mad he was out of the lineup because this is a guy that he's capable. Of. I know this was his first career three home run game, but I mean, he's capable of just having these ridiculous power streaks, you know? I mean, like, look, it's April 7th and he already has six home runs, right? I mean, you know, don't put it past him to, to get another six in the month of April, right? And just have one of those. But like, I got. I thought it was going to be Stan that was going to have like the big first month or so of the season. I mean, it might be Gary. Um, he's just really, he's just, it's like he's teeing up everything. Like those three, all three home runs, they went to left. They were all just, I mean, two of them were just absolute missiles. The other one was kind of more of like your traditional, you know, towering home run. But man, like that third home run got out and 
less than three seconds, it seemed like. I mean, he's just on point right now. And I know he's, you know, I know he's still been struggling behind the plate, especially with his throws. But, I mean, you you live with that. And I know, like, uh, another thing, you know, him, him on the bases this week wasn't ideal. But you live with those things because he's a guy that has this incredible, like, generate. Like, you, know, you don't get, like, like – I've said this before, but Gary really does have the chance to go down as like the best power hitting catcher of all time. Like that's the kind of like potential Gary has. I mean, his home run per, you know, every like hundred at bats is just, is just phenomenal. I mean, the guy is just a great hitter and I mean, it was, it was sure fun watching him this weekend. It was fun watching everyone this weekend. Shout out to Clint as well. I mean, four for five today on Sunday. He, he was just, he definitely just triggered Mets fans everywhere by saying that. By saying what? That he'll be the best. He could be the best power hitting catcher of all time. Oh, get the f- hell out of here, Mike Piazza! <laughs> Mike Piazza, dude, nah, yeah. I'm, I'm think- insulted. You, I mean, like in terms, of, like Gary's raw power is. I mean, just it's it's phenomenal. Like Mike Piazza wasn't hitting the ball like Gary was, you know. Right, right. It's not like he and said he's, that Gary Sanchez will be a better player. Yeah, exactly. At the end of his career, the Mike Piazza. He, power he has the, catch, power he has the potential catch. to be the most prolific power no, Actually, catcher. I'm going to go defensive too. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, bad, it's really it's not like a bad a, comp. You're invalidated. It's really not a bad comp because Mike Piazza was pretty bad defensively too. But I think Gary is just a really – like he's just an easy target, right? He's not the most vocal guy. So like, you know – you know, he's not out here being like lay off me or anything like that. He's just like he's quiet. He goes up there and he, you know, he takes his cuts no matter what the results are. But like, I mean, I wrote, you know, based on some quotes in my um, like preview of the infielders that I did that there's a lot of optimism, like for how he'd come into camp and what you know what they were seeing from him. So I mean, it's pretty great. And I mean, he's he's such a good dude. Like, it's just good to see him, you know, tear the cover off the ball again. Uh, I think, yeah, G pointed this out. Gary's Instagram story after the game was just a picture of him, you know, kind of smiling in his helmet and with ice cubes. Today was a good day playing in the background. <laughs> pretty great. Pretty great from El Gary. Because today, today was a good day for him. Um, that was the first three homer, six RBI game for a Yankee since A Rod did it in 2005. It's a damn long time ago. Yeah, something, something you know, A Rod had a. Pretty good year that year. Um, you know, if you consider winning the MVP a, a decent year, I think that's um, <laughs> another another note about Sunday's game. That was Brian Cashman's two thousandth win as a GM. Shout what a way to, to go! All right, seriously, fireworks. <laughs> right. Yeah. After just just as Yankee Twitter was ready to fire at Wednesday, and was just ready to strip him of his duties as GM on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, r- really, just what it's. I mean, look. A lot could like Yankee Twitter will be right back to their old uh, pessimistic ways if we, you know, don't have a good series against the Astros. But I mean, yeah, man. you go from from the offensive fireworks of the last two games to we're going to face Justin Verlander tomorrow. Like, we're, mm-hmm. offense isn't going to be easy. Like, we have to prepare for that. Yeah. So um, before we uh, move on to you know talking about looking ahead, uh, if you had to pick, I'll start with UG. If you had to pick one MVP of the weekend of this three game series, who would it be? Uh, I mean, I'd probably pick Clint Frazier. Yeah, and, he uh, definitely deserves it. Yeah, I mean, he had a four-hit game today, which was really cool. The two home runs are obviously, you know, notable. But I think, 
the um i mean you could get a sense of his like excitement for being here after he had the rough year you know with all the concussion stuff last year so i think i mean they've had so many young guys coming through the last couple of years but i mean i think that youthful energy is good to keep in and i mean the home run for you know on saturday was just absolutely huge and then he came right back and did it again when you know early in the game when you know not like they were losing but like when the story of the game is still really to be written and he came right out just jumped right on him again and set tone and um i mean actually michael k made a note of this in like during the game how aaron judge had commented like you know we can't be satisfied mm-hmm. with you know the first two games and just coasting to a win like Know, he really wanted to step on people's throats and you know get sweeps this year. So I think that was just, I guess that's a more more of a team thing. But I just tip my cap to Clint Frazier because he was just on it this weekend. He was just tearing the cover off the ball. Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm I'm tempted to say Gary just because we're coming off the day he had three home runs. But um, I, I think if you if you go through all three games, w- which player made the biggest impact? I, I mean. Glaber started everything on Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. He was three for three to start that game. He hit um, the home run when we were down like three nothing. Um, like you know, got us on the board. They had a double, and then of course the big game winning three home run, uh, three run home run later. Uh, and then of course started the score again uh, in today's game. I-, I think the team, especially coming off the eighteen strikeout game, the loss to Detroit uh, the day before, really needed like a big clutch moment like that. And of course, mm-hmm. Clint was able up. to, yeah. And, you know, good on Clint for repeating the feat last night. Uh, but, you know, if Glaber doesn't hit that home run on, on Thursday, I mean, we're looking at two and five probably. And then, uh, you know, who the hell knows what happens the, the next two games after that. Uh, I, I have to say that his impact in that first game really set the tone for the entire series. Yeah, because if, if you look at the, t- you know, like I said, like Sunday was obviously just a bloodbath, right? But Thursday and Saturday, they were close games. And basically, you know, you can look at Thursday and kind of, you know, look at like two guys got a big three-run home. Like both those th- – both, by the way, Thursday, I think Glaber's three-run homer that gave the Yankees lead, the, the lead was with a uh, one-two count. And Saturday, Clint's homer was with the two-two count, and both were at two outs. So it wasn't just like, you know – first and second, like first and second, second, third, nobody out, like a situation where like, you know, you could just put the ball in play and you're going to get a run home. And these were like high leverage situations and both guys came through in big ways. I mean, it's great to see after um, like the Yankees were just so bad with throwing in scoring position uh, the first few games of the year. Um, There's Coley Harvey tweeted out a good stat about like the first, um, like what the Yankees you know, Yankees running runners in scoring position, um, like first five games in the year and then the last few games. I mean, they were just and look, look most of the hits with runners in scoring position were home runs, but I mean, yep, home runs with runners in scoring position, Andrew. I, th- I think those are pretty good usually, right? You know, they they're, they're, they're decent. They're and, decent. And then of course, <laughs> you know, Clint broke that streak today, so it shows that they don't only have to score. And then after that, I think um like, like DJ had a an RBI hit. Um Someone else may have added an RBI hit as well or a sack fly. Austin, Austin like. Romine going deep. Shout out to Romy. Yeah, it's off a position player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here, here it is. I found the stat. I was looking for this. The first five games, the Yankees were 6 for 37 with runners in scoring position. That's good for a, a 162 average. 
And the last three, and this was before Sunday's game. So in the games, you know, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, they were seven of 18 with four homers, 12 RBIs, and over 1,000 OPS. So, I mean, nice turnaround, right? No more hashtag RIS. P fails for the last few days. Very and then nice. if you want if you want to tack on today, they went four for fourteen, um, which you know isn't eye popping, but still good good number. Four and hits with exactly yeah, exactly like with Jordan's score position. Like if you get obviously like you know most days you're not going to get fourteen opportunities, but right. I mean you know you just really you don't no one like look you're going to obviously have days where you're five of nine as a team with Jordan's scoring position, but you know if you. Usually, if you just go two for nine, if one of those is a home run, the other is a you know base hit, like a lot of times that's going to be enough. But what the Yankees were doing was you know going one for fifteen. That's just you're not going to. That's not winning baseball. You're not going to win games. Yeah, you like go back to that, that Detroit series. Position. Yeah, I mean, how many times do they go like one for ten, one for I eleven think, with like, position? If they go three for eleven in those spots, like that's the mm-hmm. night and day. Like I feel like all. Right there. I feel like all those games they legit went like one for thirteen. Like you know, yeah. like all like three. It was just like this kind of almost the same numbers. Um, anything else you want to talk about from this uh, past weekend series? I mean, not to end it on a downer, but Uh-oh. I mean, here he comes. Here he comes, Jay. Luke Voigt didn't have a good series like yeah. at all. Hit, hit the big home run Thursday. Well, nice. Nice insurance runs, uh, three-run shot. But, yeah, uh, he's been struggling. Bats. Um, you know what? I, I said this before the show. I think I attribute that to the fact that, look, man, he, he's been hitting uh, cleanup. Like, that, that's a tough spot for him. He was, like, I think once the lineup's healthy, I know I keep saying once the lineup's healthy. Like, we don't know when the lineup's going to be fully healthy. But I think once Stanton comes back, once Hicks, come back, Hicks comes back, maybe even once DD comes back, he's going to – when he's if he's hitting in like the six or seven range, that's a dangerous hitter to have. I mean, he's not a dangerous hitter yet as a cleanup hitter. You know, I think it's that has a lot to do with what he you know he's just been getting pitch tougher because he really doesn't have the protection he thought he would have. But I right, mean, he's 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 miscast as as a mm-hmm. cleanup hitter. I mean, he it, there's no denying that you know, he hasn't been good. You know, like yeah, I mean, it's kind of I'm I'm much more in favor of him in that like six or seven role. Like even. I mean, Didi hits, you know, cleanup when he's healthy. So you could just as easily have Stanton or Judge or any of those guys there, Gary. But, like, any of the guys really other than Hicks, who they're missing, could pretty much be the cleanup hitter instead of Voight. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, I, you know let, me, let me let me, let me, let me, let me turn this around. I know you said, said, you, know, you don't want to really end this on, on a down note. But um, <laughs> on, on a positive note, uh, I'm actually really thrilled with um, what the Yankees were able to get so far from Giovanni Urshela. I think essentially he's going to be exactly what we would have gotten from Troy Tulowitzki, minus all the the health concerns. I mean, he plays a phenomenal third base. Yeah, that's right. He's which... very solid defensively. Right, really right, right. And, and that that's always been his calling card. But he hit like 400 in spring training, and I don't obviously expect him to be a big contributor with the bat. But him being at third base every day and playing very stellar defense allows DJ to move back to his normal second base position. You have Glaber at short, but the Yankees have a very sound defensive infield outside of, you know, what you're going to get at first base. Um, but if Urshela is, you know, more, you know, close to what we would have gotten from, you know, best case scenario to Lewitsky, uh, I mean, then it, it's almost like Tulo getting hurt. We, we, we're, we're lucky enough to not lose anything there. Um, and of course the Yankees didn't really want to add Urshela. Um, to the 40-man roster because 
you know, he's already been cut from the Indians, doesn't have uh, Indians and Blue Jays, excuse me, and he doesn't have any options. So if they DFA him, or I mean, if they, they, they don't have options to send him to AAA, they have to DFA him. Uh, right. And that's kind of why they brought up um, Tyro Estrada uh, a couple days ago. I think Cashman was probably trying to work the trademark to see if there was a better option. And then when there wasn't a better option, he said, Urshela is the best we got. Let's play him now and risk losing him if we have to make a move later. Um, but I, I'm excited for what he could do. I mean, you know, he, he's still a young kid. He's got a lot of passion. And he hasn't really ever had an opportunity outside of being on that uh, 2017 uh, Indians team that we ended up beating in the playoffs. Uh, he had a couple of nice plays in that series. Um, so th- that, that's uh, a positive takeaway from, you know, an unfortunate situation with Tulo's injury. Yeah, absolutely. He was very nice filling, especially in the field uh, this past weekend. But yeah, so I guess with that, we'll uh, move on to previewing this Astro series, right? Um, you know, first, like you looked at this, like look, if you you went back and looked, and so before the season, someone told you, "Hey, the Yankees are going to go five and four with this first nine game stretch," you wouldn't be all too happy. But you know, I don't think you'd be like mad, right? Like five and four, you know, that's a decent record, right? Yeah, how about uh, if someone tells you they're going to go five and four and they're going to lose one third of their opening day starting lineup? Yeah, that's I was about to say that. That's that's the wrinkle <laughs> that you, you right. hear. But I mean, look, this is really like the first big series of the year, right? I mean, every series is important. Every game means the same. But I mean, when you face a team like the Astros, like th- these games are going to feel like playoff games, like they did last year in Houston. I think it's going to be like the same type of feel this year. Um, you know, the Astros, very similar to the Yankees, similar, similar to the Red Sox, similar to like even similar to the Cubs, similar to a lot of these top teams around the league, got off to a bit of a rough start. Um, I think, yeah, they're 5-5 five and five right now. Um, they've played the Rays, A's, and um, who they just played today? Or no, they played the Rays, Rangers, and then the A's. They swept the A's um, a three-game sweep this past weekend. So, you know, they've got a bit of momentum coming into the series. But, you know, overall, 5-5. Five and five. Um, We're going to see Verlander Monday, Garrett Cole Tuesday. So, you know, we're going to see the best of Houston. And it, this is going to be a real, you know, because I think a lot of people, you talk about the Yankees and, like, what they've done so far. It's it's almost difficult to say, like, yeah, oh, like, Tanaka's pitched well through three games. But they say, yeah, but, you know, he look who he's faced. You know, these teams aren't good. But now, you know, Tanaka's pitching Monday. He's This is going to be his first real test of the year. Um, man, I'm. Honestly, I'm I'm really excited. The Monday and Tuesday games, by the way, are both on ESPN. Um, I know most people like you know that are that want to hear the Yes broadcast are still just going to watch it on Yes because you know some those ESPN weekday announcing crews could just be brutal. I mean, uh, I, I have no idea who's going to be in the booth, but I, I I can imagine they'll be talking about anything other than the game around like the sixth inning. So not looking forward to that, but. Yeah, like, gee, how are you feeling going into this Houston series? How, you know, because, like I said, this is the first, like, look, this is the first playoff team from last year you're facing this season, right? I mean, uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, I mean, maybe a little bit nervous just because you have to face, you know, Verlander and then Cole. And like you, like you said, you get their very best. But I think in an optimistic type of thing, like, they – generally got up for these games last year right there was the stretch what was it in like mid-may they faced you know they faced the indians they faced the astros like they went on that super awesome run 
against all these playoff teams, and they were just ripping off wins. Like, they got up for these games last year during the regular season. So I'd say, you know, there's, might like, maybe a little bit of hype because, you know, they have the, you know, the lukewarm kind of start, but now you get to really measure yourself. And um, I hardly say they're going to be bombing home runs, you know, like seven home runs. But, I mean, I think – I think it's well. I mean, yeah, it, it damn sure would be nice. But I think there's probably um, maybe some cautious optimism. I think having played your best few games over the last couple of games, right? It's hard to come into it with any, you know, like any better than you're coming into it right now with your best offensive game of the season. So, and I mean, pitching wise, like the pitching has been pretty darn good. Like other than a few, you know. You know, bullpen moments. You know, Jay Happ hasn't been super great, but he's not pitching. Like, for the most part, the starting has been good. So I think you're coming to the series this early in the season about as good as you possibly could. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, Tanaka is at this point uh, been our strongest pitcher two times through the rotation. Um, but I think more importantly, because they was such a blowout, I mean, look who we used out of the bullpen. Yeah, I, I was, Andrew, I was and just going to mention that after, yeah. Like, if Tanaka isn't sharp or even if he's he's pretty good, but it's a close game, I mean, you probably only need five innings out of him. I mean, you got – Canley hasn't pitched since, since Thursday, right? Then um, you have Chapman with two days off, or I guess today off, um, hasn't pitched since Saturday. Britain hasn't pitched since Thursday. Um, Ottavino didn't pitch today. Um, you got your top arms ready to go. I mean, if yeah. you need them. Yeah, no, that's the moment. I think I think the moment Gary hit that second home run, that's what immediately came into my mind. Like, all right, let's get maybe, you know, a couple more on the board so we could just go with, you know, guys like Tarpley and Sessa. That way we have a fully rested bullpen headed into that Houston series. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, like those are going to have like that those playoff game feels. Like you might you, you might not see Tarpley or Sessa over, until maybe like Wednesday, you know, because it's going to be a series where, Hopefully, I mean, you never know with Boone, but hopefully that, you know, you're only going to see guys like Canely and Adovino and Chapman and Green, like in Britain. Like, it's going to be – I mean, the Astros, like I said, they haven't been setting the world on fire. But overall, you know, they're all their hitters are doing pretty well. You know, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, all kind of on pace for what they usually do. Um it's funny because both teams were – the Yankees were 2-4 and four after their second series of the year. The Astros were 2-5. and five, And both teams, you know, got a nice sweep this weekend. Um, Astros did it at home. Yankees did it on the road. And, you know, right back in business. Because, the you know, speaking of RI, like a running <laughs> – speaking of uh, being terrible with runners in scoring position, I think I read a stat with the Astros like a few days ago. They were like at one point four – they started – Start off the season, I believe, like four of forty-four with runners in scoring position. Mm. So, like you talk, you know, like people just think like the Yankees are the only team that just has these like <laughs> these just terrible issues with run- hitting with runners in scoring position. Like you know, it, it happens to a lot of teams. A lot of times, it's contagious too. You know, like when it's just comes a thing where like, oh, here's runner in second, third. Now I got to hit. It's yeah, just well, what, what hurts the Yankees is that they're you know you, it, the whole situation is accentuated by the fact that they. Are expected to hit a lot of home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Astros hit a ton of home runs too, but um, they were what, like third or fourth in the American League last year, uh, yeah. whereas we, we were number I one. Mean, they, like they didn't break the record for home, you know, home runs. Right, right. Season. The Astros yeah. are a team that are expected to be able to manufacture runs a little better, and if they're not hitting with runs in scoring position, they're just in a slump. 
Whereas when the Yankees are doing it, the, the, the lazy cliche is just, oh, they're just swinging to the fences. Like, that's all they do. Um, which, which may be correct, but I mean, it, it's a product of, of usually, the identity of the team. Usually it is a lazy cliche, but I, after that Tiger series, it was so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> 18 strikeouts. I was like, huh, I wonder why they struck out 18 times against Matthew Boyd. It, it, it didn't the help that they were down 1 2 or 0 2 in every bat. And yeah. they, admittedly, they, they controlled. Um, you know, early in the count, a little better in the in the Baltimore series. It, it you could just say, you know, worse pitching, but um, that that's important as well. You know, taking pitches early uh, and not just falling behind O two because then you're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pitchers they face the same pitchers. You know, the opening series against Baltimore, right? I think they just, yeah, you know, I mean, not taking pitches just for the sake of taking pitches, right? Whatever they're like tweak in the approach was they faced the same pitchers and they just did better. Yeah. Cause I think that's, you know, the Yankees are a team that, you know, as a team, they're very, you know, it's very important to them to work the pitcher and, uh, you know, work the count and make the pitcher throw a lot of pitches. But Hey man, there's times when I'm like, look, dude, if it's, even if it's early in the count, if you get a good pitch to hit swing at it, like even judge judge so often will like, he's been getting the Orioles all weekend. We're just first pitch of the at bat. They were giving him just good pitches to hit 95 right down the middle. Yeah, yeah. 95. Right. And he's just not swinging. at it. And I'm like, judge, you, you gotta hack at that every once in a while, man. Like I get, you don't want to just swing at the first pitch and you know, get, like having it, like I get, you want to have an at bat. You want to make the pitcher work, but man, when you're, when you're a guy like judge and you have the type of power he has, I mean, you get 94 right there in the zone. First pitch, like, that, that 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 ball should be gone a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. Like, we know he's capable of it, but... And he has also another thing with Judge. You see how he kind of, like, you know, he was doing that whole thing with two strikes during spring training, like, not really lifting. Like, he kind of went away from that um, Saturday, and he hit two home runs, so... I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Very interesting. I mean, it's not a bad club to have in the bag, I guess, based on... Uh, absolutely not. It's not necessarily – I mean, he's a power hitter, right? He's not going to shorten up and just start shooting base hits to right field every day. Yeah, so like like we said, um, the Yankees, you know, they're going to face the two best Astro pitchers, right? Verlander going on Monday, um, Cole on Tuesday. Man, um, really, you always have to – like any time, really, anytime you face an ace of any team, um, especially, especially guys like Verlander and Cole, who have shut down the Yankees before. Especially Verlander, um, you just, you have to go in like with this a certain mindset if you're like the Yankee lineup, because it, look if they if they're hacking like they were Wednesday against Matthew Boyd, it's I mean they might break their own record, you know, kind of like when last year when Stanton struck out like four or five times in the same week, like. You could easily like Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander can easily have you know twelve plus strikeout game any night when they're on. You know they're just yeah. those types of pitchers. So I mean, yeah, Verlander's obviously been one of the best pitchers in baseball for a good while now. But like, just he's just just been brutal on the Yankees over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot a lot of shutdown starts. I mean, the you know to be fair, there have been many starts where the Yankees have hit Verlander hard. But I mean, just you know, t- kind of tough to. Get those playoff memories from you know 2017 out of your head with Verlander. He was just filthy, and I mean, look, he he's is getting up there in age. Um, he wasn't exact. He hasn't been great in his first two starts. He's been solid, but you know, nothing flashy. But I mean, so I wanted to mention this about you know because Tanaka's going Monday. I could 
Tanaka, you know, he's been keeping the ball in the yard so far. And I know, you know, it's only through two starts, but I think that's something to keep an eye on, you know, because that's oh, it's always been Tanaka's problem, right? Is like last year is a perfect example. Like he had such good numbers all around, but his ERA was still 375. And it was because he just gives up so many home runs. And that's just, you know, it's going to bring your ERA up. Yeah, and few so. teams have been able to hit as many home runs off him as the Astros. You have a guy oh, yeah, like absolutely. like Springer. Um, I, I I believe no Correa one mentioned is, Derek. Is still injured, right? No one mentioned Derek Jeter Day. Oh jeez, is is Correa still still hurt? Because he has really I good believe, numbers against Tanaka, so. but he'll miss the series. Um, but uh, Bregman, Altuve, and Springer all have good numbers against Tanaka, so that's something to watch tomorrow. Just don't throw them four seam fastballs. Tanaka's four seam fastball just gets obliterated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not getting exactly any better, you know. Like, those numbers, like if you look at fan graphs, look at those numbers, it's it's pretty brutal. But yeah, no, Tanaka through 12 and a third innings this year has not allowed a home run. Um, you know, that obviously that could very easily change tomorrow night, but I think really, I think that's just so important for him. I mean, he's given up. I mean, the only, I mean, obviously in uh, 2014, when he only threw 136 innings, he only got 15 home runs. But I mean, the last four years, he's given up 22 or more home runs each year, including that. 35 homer year in 2017 so and uh, i mean houston you know minute made the pretty hitter friendly ballpark so yeah and with a pretty hitter friendly t- lineup in the astros you know one of the best lineups maybe the best lineup the yankees will see all year but yeah guys do we have anything else we want to uh, talk oh well, i wanted to mention that uh cc had a nice little rehab start to that i believe down in tampa um, his numbers were four and two thirds, one hit, one run, one walk, six strikeouts, sixty-two pitches, forty strikes. Yeah, that was with the uh, Tampa Tarpons. So, hopefully, we get the big man back on the mound next week or so. And the Yankees said they're targeting um, next weekend against the White Sox. I believe it no, is yeah, for his return card. start. Mm-hmm. All right, so can't wait to get those five inning, one run outings out of CC. Those, like, those, it's just like that's literally been CC over the last two, three years. It's like, all right, well, CC just gave us five innings, a one run ball. Um, we're up yeah, three yeah. to one. Like, that good shit, CC. Like, you're still yeah, out like, here. Yeah, look, he's not going to go seven, eight innings anymore. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, the bullpen we have, Even though he, he, he did a few times. Innings. He did a few times last year, I think, which was like just so surprising. But yeah, right. most of the time he's going to be, you know, four or five innings. But I mean, that's, you know, out of your five guy, a guy like him, that's more than you could ask. I mean, he's been so solid the last few years. Hopefully, Yeah, and think about how many teams are are bullpenning uh, now. If the Yankees go from, you know, an opener, kind of like how how the Red Sox did with with Hector Velasquez today, um, if your opener, quote-unquote, is CeCe Sabathia going four or five innings as opposed to a guy, you know, like a a CeCe going two or three innings, it's a big difference. I was going to say, like, or like a Louis Sessa going like your first two or three innings, you know, like, right. That, that's the type of, those are the types of pitchers that a lot of times start openers. And uh, I think it's not like a really tangible thing, but I think CC is such a great leader. I think they just love having him. Like, I think that'll be, you know, a really good thing for, for everyone to just have him back in the clubhouse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, Wanted to uh, you know mention this. Man, Chris Davis is just so like I, I almost feel bad like talking about it because like it really it's just unbelievable. Like having to watch that guy's at bats this weekend, like holy shit! Like not for I think Michael K and like Kenny were saying I forget like the feed of one of the first two games. Like either like you know not for nothing. He's not even like trying to make any adjustments 
Like, you want to talk about swinging for the fences? Like, that dude is just, like, he has one swing up there. Like, you know how, like, in MLB The Show, you could just pit, you know, there's, like, contact swing and then there's power swing. He is just jamming power swing every time he swings the bat. It's like, dude, shorten up and, like, make contact. Maybe you'll get a base hit, dude. You're 0 for your last 44. I, I think that's the record. He's Because dating back to last season, he's 0 for 44. Hasn't gotten a hit this season. You know, he's, so he's closing in on the mark. So he's not there yet. But I'm he's, like, within, I think, like, five at-bats or something. Yeah, but, you know, to his own credit, I mean, he, he definitely gave us a, a huge scare last night with that hit off. off oh, yeah. Head. I mean, I, yeah, like we, in, in, you and I were talking about it, Andrew. Like, I thought that ball, I thought that was a double down the line. I thought that Bases was a base clear, clear double. That was was just, you know, like, Dorios <laughs> take the lead. Like, you because you just knew every time Chris Davis got up this weekend in, like, a big spot, you're like, ah, oh, shit, here it is. Here he's going to get the hit, and it's going to be a big hit, and I'm just – it's just going to be on Sports Center, and I'm just going to be so mad about it because it's going to cost us a game. But it never happened. You know, to be honest, in uh, Sunday's game, you know, he, I think he got up in like the ninth inning in the bottom of that with like a one out. And I'm like, come on, just get a hit. Like, just get a home run. <laughs> it's 15 to three. Like, just, just come on, get a friggin' hit. <laughs> We're all rooting for you. Like, I don't even give it. Like, come on, man. But he, he just couldn't get it. I, I really hope he get Because look, like, he, there's a certain point where it's like the guy, like, you know, you, shows up every day works over it's just like as a player on that team like you gotta be saying to yourself like oh my this guy is like this guy's brutal like this guy's like literally an automatic like he's the definition of an automatic out like oh man but yeah um really people a lot seen a lot of people saying like hey you know the Jacoby Ellsbury contract may be bad but I don't think it's as bad as the Chris Davis contract I mean <laughs> so I think the I think the record's over forty six. Yeah, he's he's going like he's probably going to get it. Um, oh man, just poor guy. But hey, I mean he he came through for the like. There are so many spots this week where he came up big, and you're like, oh, thank God, Chris Davis is up. <laughs> I think we're gonna be good here, guys. <laughs> oh man. Well, any, any other final thoughts we have before we close this out and we uh, get ready to for the Houston series? I think for, I mean, they had a bunch of home runs. I was really glad that they started really squaring the ball up. So that's what I'm looking forward to is just hopefully they keep hitting the ball hard. And on a relatively positive note, I guess, there were, like, in terms of injuries, Aaron Hicks finally started doing baseball activities Mm -hmm. uh, late this week, even though he had to go through basically an entire spring training's worth of stuff. And Dylan Batanz is through like a 35 pitch bullpen on Friday. So, and even Miguel Andor was taking grounders. He wasn't throwing the ball, but he was at least fielding grounders to third base. So, I mean, maybe there's some hope there. Help is on the way. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 slowly but surely getting healthier. Yeah, like hopefully we'll have CC back next weekend. Hopefully we'll have Batanzas back maybe this weekend, maybe next week for Boston. Um, Most, I mean. That it's the relievers are usually the easiest ones, right? Because yeah, you most just plug them right in. Most appearances, Dellen's not going to throw thirty-five pitches. Exactly. Yeah, he's going to face what I think. What they said was that he's going to face hitters early this week. So, as long as long as one of those hitters isn't Tyler Wade, I think we're good. It's like <laughs> Dellen Batanzas faces Tyler Wade in a simulated game five times, five <laughs> strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, well, you're like that's not going to help Dallin. Well, let's get him an actual hitter up there. Ugh, Tyler Wade, God bless him. Yeah, man, that's Tyler Wade's right up there with guys. I think AC said, and uh, one of our you know members of BBB said, but yeah, Tyler Wade, man, he's this guy's just he. I don't know, like I. I I think it looks like, you know, like you see a guy like Clint coming up, you know, getting three home runs in two games. Like, you know, I'm not saying that Tyler Wade needs to get three home runs in two games to fit in, but like he just needs to do something, man. He just needs to somehow I mean, find his spot. Like, he, um, I feel bad. Find his niche on his team because he it just, he's really hasn't shown much. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, he had 12 at bats. Like, he can really field and he can really run, but he just can't hit worth a lick, man. It's just yeah. not good. Like, yeah, well. You know, the Yankees, it's early in the season, but they get their first series win of the year in Baltimore. Um, really, the bats just – oh, <laughs> I mean, look, fifth, seven home runs in a road game. I think they said – I think the Yes broadcast said that was the most home runs in a road game the Yankees had since, like, the 60s. You know, so, I mean, this somewhat historic – off numbers posted this weekend, you know, pretty much li- they were just literally living and dying by the home run, um, 18 straight runs scored via the home run. Uh, but it was a fun series, fun weekend. Um, on to, we're on to Houston. That'll be it for this episode. Um, yeah, you know, the Yankees, I mean, some fun games this weekend, right? I think why we were so mad those first six games is because those games just sucked, right? It was like one, one all the way throughout, and then they would just blow it late. There was just no excitement in those games. These games were exciting. They had, you know, high leverage moments, come from behind wins. There some exciting baseball this weekend. It was great to see. So any final thoughts, guys? I, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, they, they started to play some really good baseball, and now you get to kind of ratchet it up and play against yep. we expect to be a legitimately good team. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's the next step. And, you know, they got their wins. They got, I think – I mean, what the thing that's been thrown around for the Orioles is that, like, you know, uh, sometimes if you face the bad teams before that, they know that they're, you know, before they know that they're bad and they surprise you. But I'm kind of ready to be done with that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I was about to say, like, you know, the Orioles, let's be real. This is most likely a below 500 team. Um, the Yankees did what they needed to do with them this weekend. And as a result, we had a happy feel good podcast right it felt good to do this episode it wasn't painful so for luigi for andrew for g this was the bronx bomber ballot podcast we'll see you guys later in the week cheers